Hang on tight. Fish Talk Radio is about to take you on a fishing adventure. You're about to go places you have even yet to desire and revisit familiar favorites with live, on-the-water expert insider tips. Now, sit up straight, pay attention, take notes, and join the party for a blue water, white water, and calm water adventure. Check out fish tips and trips online at fishtalkradio.com. And now, the all-natural attitude adjustment. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio, and we have uh, certainly an unusual guest, that's for sure, that we just uh, was down at the harbor the other day and saw this strange-looking boat. <laughs> you know, what the heck is that? So we walked over and uh, took a look at it, and so we have, uh, now it's Tyone, which is easy to mispronounce, but it's T-Y-O-N-E, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Ooh, I was eating peanuts, shouldn't have done that. Um, and Tyone is by trade a salmon fisherman in Alaska, and by desire, he is uh, a sailboat captain. Yeah, that's right. I fish in western Alaska in Bristol Bay, and um, I also am the captain of a sailboat by the name of Age of Russia, which is a <clears throat> a curious and unusual craft built by the USSR for the 1992 America's Cup race, and I've been sailing up and down the coast here, and that's how I met John. Well, it it is interesting. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the boat, and by the way, if anybody's out there, you know, that, that wants to know but more about the boat, uh, they can get in touch with us. And you've had it for seven years, and you're thinking of either selling or bringing in a partner to do something else with it. So if anybody has the fever, this might be a very, very unique opportunity. Oh, yeah. I've had it for seven years, and um, when I bought it, it was like a giant windsurf board. I bought it up in Canada and um, I just put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into uh, fixing it up to be a, a cruising sailboat to some degree and still partly a racer. And so uh, I've had a lot of fun going up and down the coast with it. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> it, 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 it's a, it's a very, it is very unique. And, you know, if, you're, if you like sailboating, and th- you said you've had this how fast? I've had it up to 18 knots as it's a racing okay. sloop, and I think yeah. it'll do a lot faster. It's just... Uh, <laughs> right, but you're not sure you want to. Anyway, um, we're going to be right back in just a couple of minutes, and we're going to have David Dickerson uh, on the line with us, and we've got some very important, interesting, and maybe a little bit political. But uh, stay tuned. We've got a commercial fisherman from Alaska coming on, or with us right now. We'll be right back with you on Fish Talk Radio. Local fishing at its finest is aboard the Stardust. Day and half day trips on Stardust sport fishing are a family affair. Find out what it's like to view Santa Barbara from the water while you are catching dinner. See whales, dolphins, and Channel Islands up close. Spotless boat and friendly crew are perfect for beginner or expert. Get aboard with Jason Diamond and his crew on Stardust sport fishing, operating at a sea landing in the Santa Barbara Harbor. Lake Kachuma is a California treasure. Bald eagles, deer, egrets, foxes, wild turkeys play on the banks and in the trees. Red ear, bluegill, bass, and catfish inhabit the waters. Rainbow trout are planted on a regular basis and easily caught from boat or shore. Lake Kachuma Boat Rentals is a key to a successful day on the lake. Call 805-688-4040 for information. Tackle, skiff, or pontoon boat rental. Call Craig at 688-4040, 20 minutes north of Santa Barbara. Kachuma Boat Rentals for a day to remember. 
Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Clover Pass Resort, Ketchikan, Alaska, is in the heart of the salmon capital of Alaska. Walk a few yards to the dock and throw a line at king, silver, or pink salmon. Just a 90-minute direct flight from Seattle. You can be in your boat fishing the day you arrive. The calm waters at Clover Pass hold schools of salmon as well as halibut and rockfish. Clover Pass offers all-inclusive fishing packages starting under $1,000. For more information, call John at 877-FISHRAP. That's 877-FISHRAP. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Well, some like to rock, some like to roll, but me and the boys gonna shake, rattle and troll. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio, and with me, we have a very interesting young man by the name of uh, Tyone that is a commercial salmon fisherman and also operator of a very unique sailboat that we might get a chance to talk a little bit about later. And we also have the line with us is we have David Dickerson. And probably the best thing for me to do is let David introduce himself, but he does work in the sport fishing industry and helps the uh, keeping the sport alive and open. Uh, David, would you mind just kind of introducing and, and giving yourself a few accolades and what you actually do? <laughs> well, I'll introduce myself. We'll worry about the accolades later. Um, I work uh, as a boating advocate, and the folks that employ me full-time is the National Marine Manufacturers Association. They uh, build boats and engines, ropes and life jackets. Uh, our members, um, really, from the bow to the stern, have a hand in manufacturing just about anything you can put on a boat. And um, another reason that uh, I think I'm very involved in the sports fishing issue is that I am president of the California Sports Fishing League. And that's an organization made up of uh, fishermen uh, that uh, help and, and small businesses that help fund, um, again, another boating advocate or a lobbyist in Sacramento who looks out uh, for the interests of, of sports fishermen, recreational fishermen, uh, all year round. But, David, I would like to say, first of all, thank you. Because <laughs> I live in California, and you know, there's so much you know, that, that happens, and maybe we'll get a little bit into it. Uh, a lot of it involves politics, and a lot of it involves money. 
and where that money comes from and, and, and where it goes. It, one of the th- reasons that you're on is because I was introduced to the um, California Sport Fishing League uh, about something that you were working on, and apparently you guys stepped up and took care of the problem. Do you want to explain that real quick? I'd be glad to. You know, one of the things about uh, government is that uh, the devil's always in the details. And unless you're there all the time, uh, issues slip by, uh, paragraphs are included that no one knows about. And before you know it, what uh, seemed to be a very small issue becomes very troublesome. This is the case um, that was in, in California. The Ocean Protection Council had put together a uh, working plan on how to fund um, activities in what's called the marine protected areas. And those are ecosystem protection areas off the coast of, the, of California. Uh, many of them uh, ban fishing or severely restrict uh, sports fishing. Um, in other areas, it is simply um, uh, a way to try to keep a better eye on, on preserving the, the, uh, the waters. However, uh, one of the places they wanted to go to get money to do their work was the Fish and Game Preservation Fund. And that is, uh, the, that is, raises its money through uh, fuel taxes, and that fuel is bought by boats and boaters, um, and also through registration and titling fees and other general sources. But the bottom line is that's money raised from boaters and from fishermen for the use and benefit of us. For the Ocean Protection Council to come in and say, hey, we're just going to pull some of that money out in order to do ecosystem protection is a total misuse of that money. So we found out about it. It was buried in a draft, draft report, and um, it is uh, since then now it's uh, heading very close to being adopted. But we went in and said, uh, by citing statute and other requirements, they're not allowed to do that. We could have seen a major hit to those resources that are available to build boat ramps, to maintain channels, to maintain on-water um, safety requirements, um, seagrass replenishment, all kinds of things, they would have gone to, uh, frankly, a use it should not have gone to. And because of our actions, uh, that paragraph or that segment that uh, talked about using those funds was deleted. Now when the... Um, the uh, uh, California Natural Resources uh, Agency takes an action this uh, this week, I think, to uh, or probably next week to finalize the report. It will not be in it, and uh, those are exactly the kind of things that the California Sports Fishing League uh, can uh, work on and be successful with. Uh, you can learn a little bit more about uh, what it can do uh, by going to our website. Um, which is the sportsfishingconservation.org, or we're also on, on Facebook. But it is, uh, it's, a, it's a unique group. It, it is very much a virtual group. We, uh, we reach out to fishermen through our website and through Twitter. And uh, when we put out a call to action, we can get thousands of uh, letters and uh, other actions from, from fishermen. And that's exactly the kind of thing that uh, politicians listen to. And without us, it really becomes well, a problem. D- David, I have a couple of questions for you, and it could sure. very well be that Tyone will also. But if you don't mind, we're going to bring you into the next segment and put you two together. And Thank that'd you. be an interesting mix. But <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, a couple of things. First question is about um, how widespread 
is the situation. We're talking about California, and we mentioned about Alaska. They, they seem to have their act together. But the, the problem with funding in a lot of states, when their revenue is down, you know, like I said, you and I talked about they start looking in the cushions of the couch to anywhere they can find some money. And, and uh, a lot of times they take it from places that they probably shouldn't. So how predominant is this problem throughout the United States as far as raiding the coffers of the sport fishing community? Well, it's something everybody has to be very aware of and conscious of. For instance, in, uh, in the state of Virginia, the uh, watercraft tax sales tax, which is um, you know sequestered around, you can identify it very clearly, is um, raises a, as much as seven million dollars. But the state has uh, put in place a law that says the agency, which oversees all the uh, improvements for boaters and uh, the infrastructure for boaters, will only get three point seven million. So here you have three point three million dollars that is uh, siphoned off into the general fund that, in fact, does come from boaters and from fishermen. Um, there's other taxes that are in place there in, in Virginia that have to do with sporting goods. And, again, it's the same thing. Um, do they get every penny that, that they should? No. It, it goes through the general fund, and by the time it gets spit back out, it's far less than it should be. Mm-hmm. And that's an example in Virginia uh, where we see that problem. Well, I have a question for you, uh, David. Sure, Tyler. Uh, where where would these funds be going <clears throat> if they're not going towards conservation? Well, they'll be going to, you know, when you say general fund, uh, and, and I do have to say that even though um, I, uh, <laughs> I can get pretty upset about it, uh, I don't uh, envy the position of politicians when they say, look, um, times are tight, I'm either going to cut back on social services that have to do with, gosh, everything from libraries to schools to, to road construction. Um, or I'm going to look around for other money. And, and so they go after things like this, which they should not. Um, so I understand the position they're in, but it's not, our, it's not our problem. Our problem is to protect the money that we're owed. Well, we're going to go to a break in about a minute or so, but I think the question that Tyrone asked, that he used the term conservation, and, yeah. you know, where does it go to if it's not conservation? And I think that's a question, you know, that, that is a little bit separate from what you answered because uh, conservation means conserving and maintaining sustainable fisheries. And yeah. that's really what we're looking for. It's not a matter of taking away from it. It's a matter of money that's being taken from that, uh, that which is what you're, we're trying to do. Right. Well, it you know, it... it as far as uh, conservation, I mean, there's, there's several different kitties. One is the federal kitty, which is called the uh, Sports Fishing Restoration and Boating Trust mm-hmm. Fund, that we can get into after the break. Mm-hmm. But um, that's about $630 million that is raised from sportsmen, primarily from fishermen, right. and from uh, gas taxes. Right. So that's, you know, that's a huge... Uh, portion of what we call the North American Right, model. because you know, I think basically what we're looking for, whether it's sport fishing or commercial, is the funds that are raised for a specific purpose they use for that purpose. But uh, we're going to take a three-minute break, and we're going to be right back with you. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio, and you can always go to fishtalkradio.com, plus probably a hundred other places, and listen to us anytime you want to. But we'll be right back with you.
S-A-N-D-O-S is how to spell luxury resort in downtown Cabo San Lucas. Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is the only five-star all-inclusive on the beach next to the marina in Cabo San Lucas. Angler-friendly Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is now an affordable world-class resort with the finest accommodations, food, and location anywhere. Enjoy your Cabo fishing adventure as you never have. Visit Sandos.com and use discount code FISHTALK. World-class golf, fishing, and diving in the clear, warm waters of the Sea of Cortez with a true five-star resort. The Grand Heritage Hotel and Resort at Costa Baja, great value and without the hustle of other parts of Baja. On the white sand beach with Espirito Santos Island minutes away. Signature restaurants, pools, and accommodations for an intimate weekend, weddings, or corporate events. On the web at CostaBajaResort.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. The Santa Barbara Channel offers some of the most productive sport fishing in the world. Channel Island Sport Fishing offers the most boats to enjoy it. Call 805-382-1612. At Channel Island Sport Fishing, you pick the time and place you want to go. Nearshore halibut, calico bass and rockfish, or fish the Channel Islands for white sea bass and yellowtail. For whale watching and private charters, Channel Island Sport Fishing in Oxnard has clean, modern boats with professional, friendly crews. Make your reservations for a deep-sea adventure by calling 805-382-1612. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio with Tyone, and we also have, by means of electronic transmission all the way from Washington, D.C., we have David Dickerson on the line with us, and he is uh, a strong supporter of the marine industry and sport fishing. So when we left off, where did we leave off? Well, where we left off was with an awful lot of numbers. We were talking about dollars and protecting dollars, and um, and I think uh, as important as that is, uh, because that's what drives uh, everything else that happens, what we're really talking about, I believe, is um, making sure that when, uh, whether you're a commercial fisherman or you're a recreational fisherman, when you go out there, there is well-managed, um, the, the, the waterways and the... Um, fish stock is, is well managed. 
And from the you know state perspective, uh, one of the things that these funds that are raised from fishermen that should be used to benefit fishermen go to, uh, in fact, hundreds of millions of dollars of it goes toward uh, fish docking, building fish ladders, building um, various uh, ways to either protect or restock uh, fish. It can, there's a um, uh, something called the North American model that people often refer to who are aware of it, and that is that whether it be from the uh, on-land hunting or whether it be from uh, fishing and the like, the sportsmen pay for what they get. And in this case, in the case of sports fishing, about $630 million uh, is distributed or collected from fishermen and that through through uh, taxes on equipment. And that, that's national? That's national. Okay. And, and what, was that, what was that number yeah. again? I'm sorry. The number again was? 600 and, it's $630 million. Okay. Um, and about half of that, uh, in some states, their portion of that $630 million can pay as much as half of their Department of Natural Resources budget. And that's the case in West Virginia. In the case of uh, Missouri, it's as small as 10 to 15 percent. But the bottom line is that um, we are uh, actively protecting um, the money that's been raised for fishermen uh, and making sure that it's used uh, on their behalf. And um, in California, as we talked earlier at the uh, California Sports Fishing League, uh, we have used a uh, new model of, of online activism to try to make sure that fishermen have a, an easy way to make their voices heard uh, through, through our website, through Twitter, and the like. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing now is an effort to try to get a protection for these funds in in, in uh, Michigan, for instance, they're well ahead of the game. They have already in place a, constitution, a constitutional amendment that protects uh, their natural resources uh, trust fund. Um, other states, I would encourage them to do the same because it just leaves these monies out there being far too tempting to be misappropriated. Uh, a quick question, um, uh, David, is... <laughs> It can be very frustrating. I mean, even when you vote in an election, which you know should be pretty simple and straightforward, a lot of people don't get involved because they think it doesn't count. And I also believe that a lot of the legislature, yes, they do um, respond to their constituents to a degree, but they generally, if they have an agenda, it's difficult to change their mind. But uh, the question is, you know, how effective and what can the average person, the average either angler or commercial fisherman, how effective can they be at being a watchdog? And I will comment also on the, the new age of, as you mentioned, the social media uh, and just, you know, the fish talk radio in the last year and a half or so has actually multiplied about 10 times from what it was when we were on just broadcast radio. And it's, it obviously it works. And you've mentioned that you've got thousands of people. So give us an idea um, about how everybody that's interested can get involved. Well, in, in California, of course, as I mentioned, there's this uh, innovative California Sports Fishing League that um, is, uh, you know, you can find that at, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, sportsfishingconservation.org. But overall, I would say that in whichever state you're in, there's going to be... Um, 
uh, Boat US. Uh, you know, uh, you can do it through there, through their websites. You can uh, do it through your own fishing organizations. Coastal Conservation Association, CCA, is big uh, mm-hmm. in the coastal states. They're out there. But all, and all you have to do is spend a little bit of time mm-hmm. finding out where to go, and these people will tell you <laughs> yeah. what to do. Yeah, okay. Well, and if you don't mind, uh, we're going to bring Tyone uh, back in the next segment and talk more about salmon fishing in Alaska, but I'd like to get him join in the conversation while you're on the line and maybe ask some questions for each other. Uh, yeah, David, I just wanted to comment that when I was a lot younger, um, there was there was kind of a, a difference between sport fishermen and commercial fishermen, and there was a bit of sometimes animosity between the two groups because obviously we are special interest groups in our own ways. Um, you know, but over the years, uh, since we kind of pulled together to, to um, manage our resources better in Alaska, um, we've, really, we've really come closer on a lot of things, and I think that um, – the future is in in working together to not only conserve and manage what resources we have, but you know make sure that everybody in those groups is is feeling like they get a fair share and and happy with it, and ultimately um, making sure that the end result is good management practices that give us um, a healthy environment that we can have for the future. Yeah, and. I mean, I agree with that. I don't think there'll ever be a lack of tension between the two groups because uh, um, not so much because of the two groups. I think sometimes it's because the agencies and uh, councils that regulate these fisheries are so far behind in their thinking. The uh, commercial and recreational fishing groups, I think, have leapfrogged ahead of those who were supposed to be leading and have seen where... um, you know, we can work better together on whether it be uh, redfish management um, in uh, red snapper management. I'm sorry, in the Gulf or other places, the, the the solution often I think is the recognition of what the actual take is mm-hmm. uh, from a commercial standpoint. How to somehow take a absolutely unmanageable uh, assessment system for how much take there is from the recreational side. Somehow come together because there's a lot of data on the commercial side. There's not much data on the other side, and I don't know how you're going to convince fishermen to report how many trout they brought in a, in a particular day. So, well, I, I think, I think it starts. It starts at home. It starts with just general ethics. You know, like we have to stop thinking about this idea that it's mine, mine, mine. You know, whatever I can take, I can. That's my my right. Um, we have to more think about it like it's. It's really a, a blessing, so to speak, to be able to, you know, go out and engage in these things, whether they be for your livelihood or your pleasure. Um, you're lucky to do so, and you should view, a person should start with the viewpoint that, you know, should I report those trout? Yes, I think so, because, like, we need to keep it uh, managed well, and we can't do so if we don't have good figures, things like that. It's true. It's true, and, and, um, and yet uh, it, it's a... It's a um uh, we've l- already learned how difficult it is to have that happen, and, and I think that there's going to be solutions that, because it's so important. You know, economically, both sides are huge economic engines, and uh, we don't want to throw a, a wrench into any mm-hmm. of those gears. Right. Well, I mean, the obvious thing is, is if you do it for um, a profession or if you do it for a sport, it's obviously two different 
situations. But you know, as uh, Tyone is saying, is that they seem to be growing together for the common interest because really what we're looking for is sustainability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it takes both sides. But uh, the other, uh, I don't know if you, if you had a couple other things. We've got uh, about uh, a minute or two left, David, that if you'd like to give some more information about what we can do, how we can do it, about your organization. Well, sure. Um, well, I, I, what, uh, what you're hearing here on this uh, particular um, program is that fishing is, is, is universal. I mean, there are just so many people that enjoy it. And and despite all that, there are so many people who don't get it that are in an elected in an elected office. They need to hear from you, so they just simply understand what fishing is to families, to uh, commercial fishermen, to uh, the the everyday life. And I really implore people to to take that extra moment, join a group that uh, represents commercial uh, recreational fishermen like coastal conservation associations or uh, others, stay informed. And with the wonder of today's social media, you can have a huge impact with not a lot of effort. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, we appreciate you doing what you're doing because, uh, like you said, we're on the West Coast and, you know, every yeah. area has got its unique little problems. And, of course, California's got more problems than most with our with our constant yeah. budget problems and they're trying to steal money from well excuse me take money from wherever they can <laughs> and it's well, a constant struggle one quick, yeah. yeah let me but, give you uh, about 30 seconds the yeah. 20, yeah the 20 or 30 seconds we have left the um the uh, california sports fishing league uh has fought uh, several things that are going on right now such as uh trying to ban fishing on manhattan pier uh, we help fight that we now have pending uh efforts to ban lead zinc mm-hmm. and copper mm-hmm. uh, as tackle, which basically is everything at the end of your line. Right. right. Um, and so, you know, as, well, as said, we can <laughs> see, we just got to have those yeah. everyday fishermen right. joining California sports fishing. There you go. I mean, lead is, is, you know, we can understand that you don't want lead in the water, but it's, it, everything is, it, you can't just take a broom and sweep it all away. But uh, we appreciate that, and this is... Uh, I think we're going to definitely have to have you come back on again, David, and keep us updated on what what you're doing and what we can do. No, I'd love that. All righty. Okay, we appreciate that. And then you can go to uh, fishtalkradio.com, listen to this, and then we are at nmma.org. I would suggest you go there and check them out. Thank you, David. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan, host of Fish Talk Radio, and this is Common Sense Conservation, brought to you by Santa Monica Seafood. Catch and release. If a fish you want to release swallows the hook, do you remove it as carefully as you can, or do you cut the line close to the hook? Removing a hook past the mouth will cause a high mortality rate. Many fish will not survive a hook in their body, but their survival rate is about three times greater than those damaged by hook removal. Occasionally, it may be best to take and enjoy the fish. 
Hardened steel hooks will disintegrate, but over years. Stainless steel is much longer. Many hooks left in the fish will come out in a natural way. A fish with a hook may heal around it and not be bothered. This may sound painful, but there are a lot of people with tongue and lip pierced with metal studs without discomfort. Always be careful not to damage the coating of the outside of any fish without scales. This can also cause loss of the fish. Support the fish and do not let it hang. Of course, return it to the water quickly and be sure it swims away. In deep water, a fish with an air bladder needs to go back down slowly using a device for this. The best method of release fish is by using a circle hook. The points turn back towards the shank. Long popular in salt water, it is very effective at catching and holding fish. It lodges in the corner of the mouth for easy removal. The circle hook is used by commercial fishermen because it holds better and lasts longer. When using a circle hook, do not set the hook. You will pull it out of the mouth. As the fish takes the bait and swims away, the hook catches in the corner of the mouth and because of the shape holds tight. As the line tightens, just start winding. Enjoy being outside on the water and do not take the last one. Santa Monica Seafoods works for sustainable fisheries. Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. First named La Paz in 1566, the fourth largest municipality in Mexico still has a provincial Mexican atmosphere. On the Sea of Cortez, the most biodiverse body of water in the world, La Paz has year-round world-class fishing. With a rich history of pearls, pirates, and legendary fishing, La Paz in Baja Sur makes for the perfect fishing vacation. Spring in La Paz, you catch Trophy Pargo, Giant Yellowtail, and Sierra. Find more at VivaLaPaz.com. Viva La Paz! Yeehaw! Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio, and we just had a, a very interesting conversation, I believe, with uh, David Dickerson, and we were talking a little bit about sustainability and some politics and funding and where those rascals are trying to get their money from and where they're spending it. But we're going to get back right now and concentrate more on what Tyone does as a profession, which is a commercial salmon fisherman out of Bristol Bay, right? Yeah, that's right. My dad started me doing it in 1978 when I was just a little boy, and I've been doing it ever since. And, well, you wouldn't keep doing it if you didn't like it, I suppose. Oh, yes. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a lifestyle that I've I've found nothing to compare to anywhere else in the world, and and it is a rather unique situation in Alaska too because um, it's a very short season mm-hmm. and it's it's the biggest sockeye run in the world, and so they all they all arrive in a tremendous wave of millions in in the course Mil- of a literally few weeks. Millions. Yes, yeah. literally millions. Uh, you know, our run our runs vary from anywhere from twenty million to this next year is predicted to be fifty four million fish coming back in the course of about three weeks. Is that two thousand fifteen you mean? Yes. Wow. We gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be a bonanza. <laughs> well you know, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, a few weeks ago we had uh, Sig Hansen from the the Deadliest Catch. Oh yes, of and course. And we talked a little bit about crab fishing and you know, in the Bering Sea and 
Of course, his, his boat is, was about 200 feet, something like that? 180 feet, I think. Uh, right. And yours is? Uh, I have a Bristol Bay gill netter, which is 32 feet. Ooh. And it's, it's well, when you 15 a, feet wide. There's a big difference. If you got a 30-foot swell in a 200-foot boat and a 30-foot boat, it seems to me that would be a big difference. Indeed it is. And it's harder to fit a film crew on a 32-foot boat, <laughs> I, I must say. <laughs> well, you can put them on, but you may not come back with them. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but, uh, so, well, why don't you give us a, a bit of a description about a day in the life of. Now, when... You know, those guys go out, and unless there's a hurricane or something, you know, they're they're out there. Yeah, they just but, keep working. But uh, as far as what you can do, how far out do you go, and how much concern do you have for the weather? Well, I mean, we're all concerned for the weather, but uh, there's a huge difference in the fact that, you know, ours is a summertime fishery, mm-hmm. and we're in the very upper reaches of the Bristol Bay region um, in these gigantic river deltas. And by gigantic, I mean the the wide part of the river, the mouth of the river, is 20 miles wide. Whoa. And oh, so what you're doing is actually fishing more inshore then? It's not exactly inshore. It's in a in a huge delta area. All the rivers are a little different. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, our, our boundaries are perhaps t- 20 miles wide by perhaps 20 miles long. And these, these river deltas are fed by giant glacial runoffs. And so there's sandbars. And we have some of the biggest tides of anywhere besides oh, of the Bay of Fundy. North. We have yeah. we have a twenty four foot difference between wow. high and low tide on an extreme tide, and that's in six hours. Wow! So the water just comes rushing in and out of there, and so you know you might be fishing for a few hours in you know so a, that a would, choppy that ocean. Would just for example, so that would give you what five, six, seven, eight knot tide. Um, probably at the most four and a half, I okay. think but definitely very significant tides. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you might be fishing for a few hours in a in a rough sea with a with an eight-foot swell or something like that, and then by the time the tide goes out, you've got sandbars covering, <laughs> you know, and you're, you're picking your way through sandbars. Oh, and that's okay. that's why our boats are very small traditionally. Oh, because of the draft? maneuverable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do you have on the boat? Uh, it's a, my new boat is a pretty simple boat. It's, uh, its main focus is in being fast and light and yet having refrigeration because we now refrigerate all of our catch immediately. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I have uh, it's a pretty basic uh, cabin set up and then a wheelhouse that I drive the boat from and then uh, a big main engine, 500 horsepower diesel and a jet. It's driven by a, a type of jet so that I can go in shallow water and maneuver and, you know, outfox the other guy. There you go. There you go. And so, and, well, that's, and your season lasts for about how long? It's about three weeks. That's it? Yeah. I mean, you can fish up there longer. Well, and what, there do you are, do there the, what do you do? That's when you go sailing for the other 11 months? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there are good years and bad years, but most yeah. years are, are uh, good enough that yeah. I, I have First, a lot of time the, off. The problem is in those three weeks, you don't get much sleep. Almost none. Almost none, yeah. Yeah, and plus it's, it's the land of the midnight too. sun yeah. because right. it's uh, right. It's still light for long periods wow. of time. That's but exciting. It, there's a lot, I have to say, there's a lot of preparation goes into those three weeks mm-hmm. or a month. So, like, you okay. have at least a month of getting the boat ready first. Right. Well, we have someone else that we might like to bring in the conversation. Uh, we have Mark uh, from, and he might even have some questions for him. Yeah, Mark is from Texas, and he has a company... <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, we'll get him back again. But uh, anyway, um, why don't you give us a little bit more about the season itself and what it is that you're uh, that you do when you're working? Okay. Uh, well, it's the biggest the biggest sockeye run in the world, and it's fed by giant uh, river and lake systems. And so, what happens is we have the Department of Fish and Game, which is a state-run agency that 
has a team of biologists that manage these rivers, and they've been managing them for 150 years, you know, altogether. So there's a lot of data supporting the the run migration patterns. So anyway, we will get um, an opening, it's called, and it'll give us, say, 10 hours in a particular time. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very strict. Um, We're not allowed to to go before the gun goes off. And then once the gun goes off, it's uh, it's every man for himself yeah. for the next ten hours, and it's yeah. it's highly competitive. Sometimes, uh, you know, you might have up to six hundred boats lined up on wow. one boundary line, all with a th- with nine hundred feet of net. Wow, it sounds and, like, and they're all vying for this one little spot, and so it it can be tremendously yeah. fierce. Yeah, it, so- it sounds like a bass tournament, only a hundred times more so, and this is real money. Oh yeah, definitely. Right. Everyone's right. depending on this, and it can get pretty cutthroat. Right. But then, well, but then at the same time, you know, there are times when you're out by yourself. Okay. Well, let's bring Mark on right now. We kind of lost him momentarily, but he is back, and Mark is uh, has a kind of a unique uh, um, product, and he's also from Texas, so he may not know a whole lot about salmon fishing in Alaska. He may have some questions for you, but Mark, first of all, tell us real quickly about Lunkerbox. Uh, Lunkerbox uh, is a uh, is a company. There's a few other companies out there. That, that are like us, uh, you know, people subscribe to our company. We, we send out a, uh, a monthly box that has uh, an assortment of lures in it. We try primarily to deal with uh, custom lure manufacturers, you know, the guys that that honestly probably make a $1,000, $1,500 lures, uh, you know, pieces of, uh, of equipment, you know, per year. Um, you know, the people that really care. That put the right hooks mm-hmm. on there, and that you know are, that are that are lures yeah. built by fishermen. Well, it's Mark, let me uh, that's what let, we do. let me interrupt you for a second. First of all, there is nobody else that does what you do, so you're not similar to anybody. You stand alone. <laughs> and the other the other thing is the product that you put in is uh, it is certainly completely different than something you'd find at Kmart or I don't want to put them down, but you you get the idea. But uh, and you have a program. And kind of like a wine club where you sign up for it, and every month you get this present, and it's only yeah. fifteen bucks a month. So every yeah, month, that's, yeah. and, you know, and, and John, that's why you do what you do, and I do what I do. That's a great way to put it, you know. And some people have, I've got a friend that's in the mattress sales business, and he calls it the uh, the jelly of the month uh, deal. <laughs> he, he he's a he's a subscriber, and and it works well, you know. And so you know, we give fishermen an opportunity to to see lures that they typically would never know that there was a manufacturer out there that was making that lure, that, that cared that much about that lure. And um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the bottom line. And, you know, our our our, our motto is customer service and customer lure, uh, you know, and custom lures, and that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of how we work. Well, and I know that you and your wife are such generous people, and it's that time of the year that you've decided that you're going to make some very some people very happy on Christmas Day, and how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to give away. Um, we're going to get you know give away some boxes. Well, I, yeah, I think I think the plan is right now we've got nine more to give away between now and before Christmas. Yes, and, sir. And it's very very difficult to enter this contest. Um, you know, you got to fill out uh, ten pages, yes or no questions, date of birth, your residency. No, all you got to do is, is <laughs> all you got to do is, is go to contest at uh, fishtalkradio.com. You go to Facebook, which is uh, Fish Talk Radio, and there'll be instructions there. On the web page, there'll be instructions. Just fill out a, a couple of forms, hit the send key, and uh, wait for your package to arrive. 
So it's it's real, real simple. But we would suggest that you go to the Facebook, and that would be also Lunkerbox, right? It's Lunkerbox.com. Uh-huh. And I will assure you this, that if anybody is unhappy, if anybody has any problems, then I'm the person to call. I'm the owner. I'm the CEO. And I take full responsibility for every single thing that okay, we Okay, well, Mark, Mark, let me get this straight. They're getting a free box, right? Yes, and, sir. And so if they're not happy with it, they get their money back? Is that what you're saying? Well, they'll get their money back <laughs> for their equivalent in lures. Yeah, and I've got I, a question I for mean, you, Mark. That's how we do it in Texas. <laughs> there you go. Real quick question, Mark. Uh, I was wondering if you uh, have the contents of the box custom-tailored for different uh, fishermen and fisheries. And we do. And, and so we have two different types of boxes, and I'm glad you asked that question. We have a saltwater box because in Texas we're from, I guess, what would be called the third coast, which doesn't get the, you know, doesn't get everything that, you know, people in Florida or people in California get. Um, when I say that, we don't get the popularity, you know. Well, so, we, we, we understand that, that an 8-pound uh, bass in Florida is an 18-pound bass in Texas, right? I wouldn't go that far, man. <laughs> anyway, no. Mark, we're gonna we're gonna have to let you go, but uh, the, tune in uh, to Facebook or the website. Uh, sign up. We've got nine boxes. We have to get out and deliver to put under the tree before Christmas. And yes, so you, sir. Can, you can do that. Uh, just go to Facebook at lunkerbox.com or fishtalkradio.com. It's real easy. Instructions, directions. Fill out a few things. Hit a key. Send. And you're set to go. And uh, we'll come up with something after the first year and give something else away. So uh, if you want to get a free box, just go ahead and do it. And if you've got somebody else that wants one, hey, the cheap Christmas present, right? Yes, sir. There you go. Okay, while you guys are busy, say hello to your lovely wife, and we'll be talking to you soon. Hi, guys. You You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. We really appreciate you tuning in. And you can listen to us anytime. Just go to fishtalkradio.com. Also, uh, webtalkradio.net, uh, Reno Viola Network, TuneIn, iHeart. Just anywhere you want to find us, you'll find us. And then the easy way is fishtalkradio.com. So we'll be listening to you, waiting for you to listen to us again. S-A-N-D-O-S is how to spell luxury resort in downtown Cabo San Lucas. Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is the only five-star all-inclusive on the beach next to the marina in Cabo San Lucas. Angler-friendly Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is now an affordable world-class resort with the finest accommodations, food, and location anywhere. Enjoy your Cabo fishing adventure as you never have. Visit Sandos.com and use discount code FISHTALK. World-class golf, fishing, and diving in the clear, warm waters of the Sea of Cortez with a true five-star resort. The Grand Heritage Hotel and Resort at Costa Baja, great value and without the hustle of other parts of Baja. On the white sand beach with Espirito Santos Island minutes away. Signature restaurants, pools, and accommodations for an intimate weekend, weddings, or corporate events. On the web at CostaBajaResort.com. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. 
Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Want to add more excitement behind the wheel? Choose Shell V Power Premium Gasoline and experience a drive that comes alive. Shell V Power removes an average of 60% of performance-robbing gunk on intake valves left by low-quality premium gasolines. And it starts with your very first tank. And now you can save big on Shell fuels. Just sign up free for the Fuel Rewards Network program and receive at least $0.03 per gallon instantly on every fill-up. For full offer and details, visit FuelRewards.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan, and I still am in studio with Tyone, who's a very interesting guy. We've been talking just now about salmon fishing in Alaska, and we talked earlier about his u- unique, <laughs> his unique boat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Age of Russia is her name, Mm -hmm. built by the USSR. Okay. And uh, why don't you give us a real quick, uh, just about a 30-second on on the the Age of Russia. Well, it's kind of a side note. I came in here maybe to describe fishing, but anyway, I'm sailing around on my my aging beauty, which is a 1992 America's Cup boat built from carbon fiber. And I've kind of haphazardly rigged her. She has a tremendously interesting story of sometimes woe, sometimes uh, glory. And so I found myself in Santa Barbara and uh, docked up here for a little bit. And so I'm getting a lot of attention now that she's here. Well, yeah, it's an interesting boat, that's for sure. And I will mention that, you know, you're, you've had it as a project for seven years. And when I look at it, I see as as an opportunity for what I'm not sure. <laughs> but, you know, what you did is you took this racing hall and kind of converted it into more of a cruising uh, uh um, sailboat. Yes, once but, once but when I was in the South Seas sailing with my dad, I met someone who had a converted race boat. And what I loved about it, it, it was fast, sleek, and very Spartan. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw this hull, I thought that I might mm-hmm. attempt to do that, which I have to some degree. Yeah. No, it's... But she's uh, a handful. Yeah. No, it <laughs> would be. But the, the thing is, is it goes twice as fast as a normal sailboat. So yeah. if you're cruising for some place, you can get there in half the time. But let's get back to um, uh, Red's. Oh, yes. Uh, First of all, is that all that you fish for when you're out fishing for salmon? Well, I have what's called a limited entry permit, which Mm -hmm. is the state of Alaska allows me and 1,800 other people to harvest uh, fish in this fishery. And it's it's mainly managed for sockeye and king salmon, Mm -hmm. Chinook salmon. So... um, it's out in western Alaska, and I will say, since I noticed that you're, you're focusing mainly on the sport fishing end of things, uh, Bristol Bay is a tremendously uh, unique 
area and filled with abundance. And there's an incredible sport fishing industry upriver there, mm-hmm. aside from the commercial fishery. So the uh, but you you primarily you're catching the red the sockeyes or the red. Well, that's what I do. Okay. That's certainly what I do, and that's you know how I make my living. Mm-hmm. And those those are the fish then that you're harvesting are the ones that are come back and they're getting ready to go upstream to spawn. Yeah, that's right. And so we're we're catching them as they arrive to go straight up the river. And mm-hmm. so you know these are these are millions nice upon millions of fish and, yeah, coming coming yeah. all at once. Millions and millions. It's incredible. Right. There's wow. nothing like it in the world that I've ever seen. Wow, I tell you what, there's nothing like uh, uh, smoked uh, sockeye salmon. Oh yeah, oh, fresh, except for sure. Yeah. Except for smoked king salmon. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I prefer bit, yeah. that, and most yeah. of the natives up there smoke those as well, and so yeah. we, we get the benefit of that. What do they call it? That. Alaskan candy, where they actually just put it out in the sun and let it dry. Yeah, actually, they have a technique of um, of smoking it mostly, mm-hmm. and they often can it too, so it will last mm-hmm. a long time. It's just delicious. Yeah. Well, it is it is a different world in Alaska. We do a trip every year to Ketchikan, and that's because we're kind of wussy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I it's kind of it's kind of like the tropics of uh, of Alaska. We go up to Ketchikan at Clover Pass Resort every year, and we've we've just got our dates for next year. I think it's going to be seventeen ninety five for five nights, all inclusive, uh, July eighteenth to the twenty third. So you heard it here first. Uh, pay attention to that. We're going to be right back. But anyway, um, they're turning off the power in here, so we've got about 30 seconds. Tyone, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a very unique, interesting experience, and thanks for helping out through the whole show. Oh, indeed, and, and thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Okay. All right, you are listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com and listen to this show in its entirety at your leisure. Also, you can hear us on Reno Viola Network, uh, Sports Byline USA, and webtalkradio.net. So we'll hope to talk to you real soon and uh, listen to it over and over so you might learn something. Thanks for listening. Fishing 